0: Hey, it's Junkman, and I'm very excited today. On the line with me, I've been a fan of this gentleman and his music for a very, very long time. Uh, you know him from the band Jellyfish. You've known him from Imperial Drag, um, many, many other bands as well that he's that he's done and worked with, including uh, the artist Beck, who's he's been his keyboard player for for many, many years. I'm talking about Roger Joseph Manning Jr. How are you, my friend?
1: I am hanging in there. I can't complain.
0: Yeah, no COVID. Uh, no COVID has affected you or anything like that. Uh, you know, not haven't... in this household. That's good to know. I
1: mean, I had some relatives who had an experience with it, but uh, they um, got off relatively unscathed. And it was, uh, they, they <laughs> one of them's a nurse, in fact, and they were both like, uh, "Well, don't know what all the hubbub was about," but I'm glad we made it through that. Well, that's
0: good to know. Well, you're famous for being inside and, you know, kind of camping in the studio anyway, you know, for days at a time working on stuff. So I would imagine, you know, hopefully that, uh, you know, it didn't penetrate the wall. So, you know, no, it's
1: my line of work. Very little changed for me when we uh, were in quarantine initiated. Uh, I just stayed working in my my workspace and um, continued, you know, to this day, I continue to freelance and Turnout
0: stuff. A true, you want to hire me? A true studio rat, as they would say in the biz, you know. So, but yeah. uh, it's great. I mean, there was so much, you know. Like after after the band Jellyfish uh, split up, I mean, there was so much. You know, people wanted more music, you know, and it's it was a while before we got like collective effort, efforts, you know. Your, your solo records came out. And they've been just re-released. The Land of Pure Imagination, we've got the deluxe edition of that now with some extra music on it, Um, the uh, re-release of Catnip uh, Dynamite, and a new one called Glamping, which um, it's very exciting. But not only that, but also you've uh, gotten a new band that you've formed with... uh, two of your former jellyfish mates uh, called the licorice quartet. So I'd like to touch on uh, whatever you want to start with, man, cuz I'm really I'm all about all four of these releases. So um,
1: yeah, sure. We can work backwards, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the licorice quartet is basically been the, you know, first big announcement for a while and and yeah, two of my collaborators Tim Smith and Eric Dover who were in the second incarnation of Jellyfish, the uh, Spilk Milk, touring band um they uh co-founded this project with me it was an idea the three of us had and we began it in 2017 and had been piecemealing it together and by some ultra bizarre chain of events the official release date for that first ep was uh, friday the 13th of march when basically the u.s was told it was
0: going to be in lockdown <laughs> yeah i know so one well, of that's happened to everybody you know i mean there were so many new releases that were planned for this year that are just kind of like well i don't think we can put on a full release now now we're gonna have to do an ep or a single and you know a lot of a lot of the plans that have uh have been kind of cut down a little bit but uh you know i'll take anything we can get obviously you know the the, the four tracks off the licorice quartet it's called uh volume one which is nice
1: <laughs> yeah. yes three threesome volume one we yeah. uh yeah we were always planning on doing this in three stages of uh, eps okay so there's uh I'm, we're prepping the second one right now but for us it was just kind of business as usual um we were never you know un- unless I mean, t- touring this project was going to be something to be determined down the road mm-hmm. so it's not like we had touring plans that got stopped in their tracks and uh we've just been taking it up on social media and going to town, rekindling relationships with all of our fans who've been so loyal and wonderful over the years. And, um, so they keep wanting more music and more interaction. We're all too happy to provide it.
0: Now, was this something that's been planned for a long time or you just decided, you know what, now's the time let's get together. We all have, you know, a break in a schedule or whatever it is. And you decided to get together and do this, or was it just, uh, You know, one of those things is like, okay, I've got songs, you've got songs, let's do it now. Um, How did the process go to putting together the the band?
1: In the beginning of 2017, I was uh, listening again to some work that Tim, Eric, and I had done, primarily Tim for his project called Uma Jets, um, with an old partner. He had uh, Rob Aldrich, and um, I was reminiscing about how fun those experiences were, and I was also reminded that as we were continuing to age, I had never... Done any kind of project with Tim uh, just on our own and writing and recording original music. And I reached out to him at that time to do something long distance because he makes uh, Atlanta his home and I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, and he loved the idea and he suggested we bring Eric into the fold, which I thought was great because Eric and I hadn't worked together since Imperial Drag Days in the 90s. So the three of us got together to just write and share ideas. And uh, the ideas came very very fast i mean we put a lot of time into it but we it was very clear we were on the same page we were coming up with solid song ideas um and then the next step of course was oh well do we want to record these and share them with everybody and you know we were just getting such good results it was like why the hell not so because obviously we all do many different things for employment um all have different you know we're all freelance musicians in one way or another uh and Tim lives in Atlanta. Uh, for those reasons, it took a while because we would have to piecemeal this—you know—work on it two weeks here. Tim would fly out to LA, work on it for three weeks there, do a lot of stuff, long distance, you know, and just you've got other commitments. So it wasn't until the end of 2019 we realized, okay, we, you know, let's at least get an EP out. We'll worry about the other songs later because um, they were over half finished as well. So we could see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I had had a really good experience releasing a four song EP in 2018, uh, through pledge music. Um, and so we, you know, let's stick with the EP format kind of thing. And, uh, just then we, we proceed with getting the fans involved in kind of a, a pre-order and fan funded scenario, uh, which we really enjoy because we get to go deep with the fans with incentives, like, you know, interviews and, um, us playing on their songs or producing songs for them, or uh, you get to be artistic with your fans to whatever degree they want. Uh, you know, writing original birthday songs for them, they customize the lyrics, all kinds of experience that, you know, just the internet and social media makes so much more possible than 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's really been about reinventing the wheel and um, bringing our fans into the fold and, you know, basically telling them, look, the more we all do this now the more we can do it over time and extend this party into the months and years ahead
0: well your fans are so dedicated you know that's that's the main thing i mean the 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 amount of music that you guys have put out and all the um, you know just just the bits and pieces that that i've heard from people along like uh, i read some of the fan club things and things like that but just everybody's just so excited about all this that that's been coming out and to have this much product come out in the in this last year it's just been overwhelming it's been great and i just uh i love the fact that it's just it's like okay here we go here's something something new from us and here it is and everybody loves every single thing that you do so you know it's been it's got to be kind of humbling for you
1: it absolutely is and uh it's great to hear them so pleasantly surprised um because you're right, it's been you know musical offerings from me and my projects have been few and far between. Uh, there are many years of radio silence, and that's just because you know I'm earning a living in some other way, or you know, personal issues in my life. And you just you know, uh, being a solo artist at whatever level we've been, it's like there's got to there's got to be that monetary flow at the end of the day uh you have to it's a super delicate balancing act um because you know you've got bills to pay like everybody else and you want to be smart about it and uh so i'm very fortunate i get to wear many hats i do lots of different things that not only keep me creatively fulfilled but cover my bills like anybody else has and um um, sometimes there hasn't been time to do original music that there you know there wasn't enough uh flow happening to make that a reality it just doesn't become sustainable so that that's why my first solo records were in japan i knew i had a pretty nice following there um, but then getting those albums released worldwide was a different story and, but now we've got the dsps and spotify and everything and,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know whereas somebody can listen to anything you're doing instantly without having pay anything but their subscription fee it's a whole different model of generating income from original music and yeah it's uh, a
0: whole new ball game now so yeah yeah there's
1: there's there's pros and cons with all of it and some of stuff is just fantastic. of course it's lost.
0: i'm kind of losing your signal there roger
1: the world's evolving as it always does it's going to continue to move and the music business is going to continue to take all kinds of shapes, regardless of what my preference is, regardless of what I think should be right or not, you know.
0: Well, as a longtime fan, again, I, I really have to congratulate you on this stuff, and I, I, I want to jump right into it just to, to give my listeners a, a little bit uh, of it. So let's uh, let's play a track off the Licorice Quartet. Um, it, again, it's called Threesome, Volume 1. Um, pick a track and
1: why. Uh, why don't we pick um, Fadoodle? Love it. And uh, I'm very, very proud of that song because it's, it's so fun and energized and kind of punky. and um, It's just got a rock energy that really takes me back to my youth. Uh, and I think it really represents the three of our personalities coming together uh, in all ways, uh, lyrically, musically, songwriting, arranging. You know, we, we shared all the duties. Obviously, some people did more of one thing and then somebody else does more of another thing, but it was truly a collaborative effort uh, for the three of us.
0: Now, does the word for doodle actually have a meaning? Uh, is that like an inside meaning to you? Or is that uh, something you could look up? Or what? what's, what's, your, what's uh, your meaning yeah, to the you, word?
1: Well, you can look it up, but um, uh, Eric took the reins on writing this lyric, and he um, just did an exploration of all of the... Wonderful um, alliterations. Is that the word of Could be. Uh, you know the synonyms throughout history and throughout literature for uh, mating? Okay, got
0: it. Got it. Makes sense.
1: As, so. as the lyric makes obviously clear so <laughs> yeah yeah you'll you'll pick up on that
0: well it's a fun song i love it it just makes you smile when you listen to it so let's uh let's get into this right now it's uh, again this is roger joseph banning jr and his band the licorice quartet and their um threesome volume one and this is a song off it called the doodle uh you listen to junk band radio are listening
2: to Junkman Radio. Junkman Radio.
0: And we're back, dude. Awesome, love it again. I've got a smile on my face just listening to that song. So, <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> it just it makes that's me happy. It makes me happy, and, I, and from everything that I've read on fan sites and things like that, I think everybody else it's pretty much a consensus. That everybody else feels the same way. So, uh, again, Liquor's Quartet. Now, a question I had for you. You know, that's also the title of a 1970s uh, Italian kind of soft porn, so to speak, uh, movie. Why did you Why did you pick uh, The Licorice Quartet as the name of the band?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of Radley Metzger's uh, cinema of that era, and that was a movie of his that I had seen years and years ago, like 20 years ago, but I'd forgotten all about it. And it popped into my consciousness when we were name-searching, and I just couldn't deny it. For me, it just had such a wonderful... It just sounded like a great band name for me regardless of the whether or not a person knew about the film um and that's how that came about cool and
0: everybody else said yep okay works for me let's do it more, more or less <laughs> <laughs> it was a democratic process you know the fact that it was a trio and it's the you know the licorice quartet was another one unless you're including uh maybe like production people in the in the in that or it was this you know I'm thinking, uh, no, lu- I mean,
1: I'm thinking out loud. I'm thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're just having fun with it. Obviously, Good. it's a bit of an anomaly. I mean, we did have our friend Jeremy Stacy play drums on the whole record uh-huh. on all, all 12 tracks. Wow. So I suppose he he does make it a quartet.
0: So this has been out pretty much like towards the end of uh, 2019, I believe it did get released. Correct. <laughs>
1: No, it didn't come out until the beginning of March. Oh,
0: so beginning of March, okay. Now, yeah. you've got, as you Friday mentioned, the you've got another eight songs. Uh, so we're talking about two more EPs that will eventually be released?
1: Yeah, that's the plan in the uh, months and years ahead. Mm-hmm.
0: So no definite date on those things or anything like that? or
1: No, because they each require a certain amount of work to complete them. Got it. And so it'd be foolish to make any promises.
0: Well, I'm telling you, we got we got plenty of product from you this time around again as I mentioned before. Um, 3 of your solo LPs have been re-released and are actually 2 LPs and an EP. Um the latest one being Glamping, which is a great title. I love I love it. It's uh, you know, again, a, a upscale camping but uh for those in the know, but uh yeah, tell us a little bit about the release of Glamping. I know it's got some live stuff on there and one of my favorite songs that wasn't originally available on um I believe it was the Land of Pure Imagination uh now we have the deluxe edition that it's been uh it's been released on but you have a live version of What You Don't Know about the Girl.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um let's see Glamping uh that was an EP I initially released for an exclusive fan-funded campaign through Pledge Music before they went belly up. Mm -hmm. Um, And that went rather well for me. It was a great way to reconnect with the fans, but of course it was limited. It was only, we did that for four or five months. Um, And many people didn't hear about it, or just, you know, they didn't get the news and uh, missed out. Um, So these re-releases now are, are an attempt to do it officially, so it's up on the DSPs like Spotify, Apple music. then um, you can purchase the vinyl CDs, autographed versions, posters, uh, fan experiences. Again, all kinds of stuff. You know, you go to Roger Joseph Manning, junior official.com. That's what it's called. Roger Joseph Manning, junior official.com. And, um, I mean, you'll see just how extensive it is. And, uh, yeah, all three albums have some kind of bonuses attached. They're just simply uh, live segments uh, or cuts that didn't make it onto the originals uh, here and there. Uh, and a lot of those are, are live. And those are extra special because uh, I haven't played a lot uh, of live for my solo efforts. Uh, it's been, you know, they're solo. I don't have a band that I can just jump in the van with and go to... yeah. a a city near you. So there have been a handful of shows both in Japan and here in Los Angeles and uh, we took the time to record some of them and so that's how you're hearing those live cuts.
0: It's funny, I I saw you do a live uh, thing I believe after Land of... I think it was during uh, Land of Pure Imagination tour. It was about maybe a little over 10 years ago at a place called Spaceland in Los Angeles and I saw you do a a show there. Yeah, I played
1: one show there. Yep,
0: I was there that night and I actually went back and said a to you but that was a long time ago. Oh, nice. a lot of other people were doing that that night but uh i fell in love off of glamping i fell in love with the song fun house it's just it's another one of those ones that i listen to and i just i can't stop smiling when i'm hearing it you know i was a big fan of like like all the you know the carnival shows and things like that and just to just to know yeah. that somebody wrote a song about it with you know again some of the some of the sounds that you hear at one at one of them. It's just, tell us a little bit more about your, your thinking when you wrote that song, Funhouse.
1: Yeah. Well, with like a lot of my songs, I lyrics are something that happened very, very, very late in the process. So I loved the song idea. I loved the energy. Uh, And in my demo, I I usually try to capture the melody and I don't waste time thinking about words. So I just mumble things. Um, And I was mumbling down in the Funhouse for the chorus. Uh, When it came time to write the lyric, I said, well, I don't have any ideas. Why don't I try to continue to play with the concept of funhouse and my memories of them as a child at your local state fair and carnivals and amusement parks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So that's what it is. It's just an exploration of that and lots of plays on words and and punning and, and just trying to paint this picture of the environment of those worlds from from you know uh teenage courtship mm-hmm. um, comes into play as opposed to from through the eyes of a little kid or uh an adult i definitely wanted it to play with the, the teenage coming of age aspect that the that the carnival and amusement park you know they're they're They certainly were huge dating grounds.
0: Oh, absolutely! That's again. That's uh, why I'm thinking. That's why I'm smiling so much when I hear this thing. You know, so it's great. So that's what that's all the song's
1: about. Just playing with
0: that. Let's let's give it a let's give it a little blast over here and uh, crank it up a little bit. I love the song again. It's from Glamping. That's the new release from Roger Joseph Banning Jr. And uh, this one's called Funhouse. So enjoy this. It's Junk Band Radio.
2: to Junkman Radio. Step right up, my kiddies, don't be late, and with your parents gone, you're free to come of age. The kind of all the time, tonight the gods smile on me from above. A real sharpshooter with a steady hand, if you can win the prize, she'll have to make you a man. Looks like for me.
0: A lot of songs, you know, again, there's so much music that I would love to talk about. I, I could probably talk to you about this all day if I had the time, but I know with it that we don't. You know, obviously you've got a lot going on, but uh, I want to cover as much of this as possible. Now, um, I got to go back to the Land of Pure Imagination um, record. Now, when I bought that, and mm-hmm. I, I guess that probably was what, around 2008 when that came out, perhaps?
1: That's 06.
0: 06, okay. So I saw that tour that you, or whatever, you played a show in LA, and you played this great song called What You Don't Know About the Girl, and when I had the record, it was not on that, and I found it on a, um, it was a compilation record um, of a bunch of the uh, whatever, the um, the International Pop Overthrow Festival, and I believe that's uh, yes. what the show was part of anyway, and it took me a while, but you've included this uh, particular track on the deluxe edition of that, and it's a song that I always thought it would have been, if it was released back in the '70s, it would have been a great sitcom theme song. You know, I all, you know, I just thought about like, you know, like a, a kind of like a, a single lady or a or a guy, you know, theme song for a TV show when I heard that because it's so poppy, it's so, you know, it's just got such a great melody line, and then of course with the uh, the keyboards up front on that, uh, just uh, what were you thinking about when you wrote that particular number?
1: Um, well, uh, nothing in particular. Uh, It just started with a uh, a keyboard pattern. The song begins with on the harpsichord there. And um, the idea flowed relatively quickly. Again, keep in mind, I'm never coming up with lyrics as I'm doing this. So I'm just mumbling these melody shapes that enjoy and inspire me. Um, it just becomes this flow. Uh, it wasn't until I wrote the lyric and really started realizing the arrangement. Yeah, I, I well, specifically, it, it really ended up being somewhere between a song that the, the left bank might have fun with right. and, you know, the theme from that girl, yeah. Wallow Thomas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and any of those very innocent. Um, uh you know early phases of of, uh feminism stage two girl making it on her own in the big city because she don't need no man exactly and um uh but she's also strong enough to uh fend off all the wolves that she's gonna (laughs) come across um, as little red riding hood visits the big city and um
0: but at the same, uh, but at the same time, also, hey, there's a lot more to this girl that you don't know about. Correct? Am I thinking exactly about? right? Yeah. I, I
1: turned the whole thing around uh, and basically made it. You know, she she gets so much attention from the guys. That's never been a problem. And uh, you know, she's basically she she wants the thrill and adrenaline rush and romance of. Uh, the the one night stand in affairs uh, from the you know jet setting good looking hunks of the world and she absolutely uh, can attract those men if she so desires but she wants the security of the uh, emasculated domesticated highly controlled uh, little you know always loyal nerd. Uh, who can't believe he's been so lucky to have this woman have an interest in him at all. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a playful, cartoony look at a highly dysfunctional relationship that many wi- men and women can relate to. Uh, yep. Many men and women do that dance or have done that dance in the past. And uh, that's what the lyric's are all about. But the song itself, like, even if you weren't listening to the words, I just wanted it to have the effect that thankfully it's had on you, which was, you know, here's here's a here's a... Great sing-along, carefree, late 60s, early 70s yeah. pop.
0: there's so uh, much you know. influences that I hear on this record. It's really one of my favorite things that you've ever done, and I, I, I congratulate thank you. Thank you. And thank you for coming out with it. And there's two different versions that you can get. You can get a live version of this on glamping, I do believe, and then there's the uh, the studio version on, um, on Land of Pure Imagination, the deluxe edition now. So
1: Yeah, because it was originally released, released in Japan uh, on that first version of my solo record. And Got then it. the American company signed me. Yep. They took off three songs. I recorded three new songs, but that's all irrelevant to the listener because they can have all the songs now in
0: one yep. Yep. package. Well let's 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 let these uh let's let the listeners uh get a little smile on their faces too. It's just there's so much I'm thinking of like all these different like you mentioned the left bank, and I'm thinking you know keyboards like uh like the 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 wrecking crew would do for like say the partridge family and things like that you know with the yeah with the uh with the harpsichord things like that so let's give it a let's give it a whirl right here this is uh called what you don't know about the girl and it's roger joseph banning and this is from the deluxe edition of the land of pure imagination we'll be back with roger in just a moment it's junk band radio You're listening to
2: Junkman Radio.
0: Roger, I'm smiling.
2: <laughs> That's Good. something
0: I wanted to ask you about too. Now, it's been long been known that you're kind of aficionado and a collector of lots of different kinds of keyboards. Um, you've been rumored to have. A couple of hundred is that the case or how many how many different not keyboards
1: a, do you have no not a couple hundred okay. I have about a hundred about 100. Uh, which is already too many uh, <laughs> no I, I love I, yeah I just love the history of electronic well I love the history of keyboards period but I've, I've particularly enjoyed um, the eras I grew up with right so that means a lot of like 60s combo organs and electronic pianos and then of course the Commercial infancy of synthesis in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And then somewhere around the 2000s, my collection kind of stops, uh, even though I have a few modern pieces because they're quite fantastic. But I, I, I love the antique aspect of them, the nostalgia sure. of them. But I also like amassing them to create my own unique sound palette. Um, I mean, with technology and soft sense now, on the computer most composers have almost any sound palette that they want pretty much disposal but but it doesn't sound as good and as rich and as deep and as wide and as 3d as the original gear particularly uh where the analog pieces are concerned from the 70s and early 80s but even even the digital stuff and vintage samplers and all those things um, so i'm just a fan these these uh devices have really served me over the years and i i like any antique collector i enjoy the hunt i enjoy buying and selling and finding deals um and uh so it's been a hobby slash part of my employment um and uh yeah i actually just finished a area of my home where i finally have a lot of these pieces all in one central location and i actually hope to be uh taking some movies and putting together like a little showcase for people who want to hire me to freelance on their projects, which I've been doing forever. But uh, I think it'd be fun for those clients and fans to see my workspace.
0: Absolutely. You know, I'd be very interested in it. I'm a drummer, but this, these are fascinating to me because I know the different sounds that you've come up with over your career, and they're all just, you know, I could tell that you're using vintage gear. Now, with that in mind, do you have something, you know, in your opinion, what particular piece of today's equipment could come the closest to recreating, say, the, the classic Hammond B3 organ. I mean, is there something that, uh, is there a particular piece that comes closer than others and, you know, uh, something that... I haven't,
1: well, I haven't tried them all. There are yeah. several virtual Hammond organs. Uh-huh. Um, and they all come really, really close. And if they're, say, if you've ever had the benefit of recording, uh, performing with the original, um, you know, there's just, there's they haven't created anything – they will, but they haven't yet created anything that clones it. And uh, so um, uh, I've been using uh, Native Instruments Simulator forever. They were one of the first companies to even put something out. Um, but, you know, I have a real Hammond A100 sitting in my living room with a Leslie Speaker, which is a, a B3 with a different body. And, um, uh, they're, you know, they're just fantastic – it's a sound I love yeah. dear and dear to my heart.
0: Well, the reason why I was asking is because there's so many musicians, you know, obviously nobody's touring right now, but it's been for years that those things were, you know, the heaviest piece of equipment you got to haul around was a Hammond B3. And then, of course, you know, we've got the Moog synthesizers, which I'm sure you were one of the few people that's got those things mastered. You know, But these are huge pieces of equipment. You know, is there something smaller that recreates it uh, as close as possible was what the question was, and you definitely answered it with the uh, with the. There's all yeah. The there's all kinds
1: of things from hardware to software, mm-hmm. um, and to to each his own. I mean, you, you just kind of listen to them all and figure out what's going to meet your needs. Um, and though it's great to have them, I mean, technology. You, you know, you didn't have these options in the '70s and '80s. Yep. Um, you you had no choice but to. Lug the giant beast around, even if you were using it in two songs.
0: (laughs) Or at least have the road crew do it, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you bought a a six-pack.
0: It's funny. I'm in a studio right now recording this, and there's a keyboard player right next to me called an Axiom 49. Are you familiar with that?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a controller. Uh, Can you hang on? Well, no, we're we're live on the air. No. (laughs) I'm just getting a call, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, an axiom forty nine just happens to be like I am touching it right now. It's close by in the studio, so I wasn't very familiar. I am a drummer, so I am really not familiar with all the different models of the keyboards and what they do and things like that. But it just it was funny. It just happened to be next to me while I was speaking with yeah. the, the keyboard god, <laughs> Roger. Um, other things that uh, our people might want to know about. Obviously, your website. You mentioned that earlier. It's rogerjosephmanningofficial.com. dot com. Um, Mm -hmm. You can find you Roger Joseph Manning Jr. on Facebook. Uh, Same with uh, Twitter and Instagram as well, uh, Roger Joseph Manning. And uh, anything that you might want to add for um, for 2021? Have you gotten any kind of possible touring things locked in for 2021, maybe either solo or with licorice quartet?
1: Yeah, the next priority is getting the second McGrish Quartet EP happening.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, You know, we're still out promoting the solo stuff. Uh, But hopefully before, I mean, if all was planned, we're going to have a second EP somewhere either around uh, Christmas or the new year. Mm -hmm. Um, So everybody will be made very aware of when that campaign launches, for sure.
0: Right. Well, really looking forward to uh, to hopefully seeing this come about live you know that that's i'm all about live music and a lot of your fans i'm sure would just uh go crazy seeing you playing live and um, again um obviously this is going to be the the uh the focus of it you got plenty to focus on that's for sure so i uh i really cannot thank you enough for uh for speaking with us today Um, hello yeah i'm here can you hear me now yeah okay yeah just uh, i really can't thank you enough for for coming on and, uh, and chatting with us for a little bit here on uh Junkie Oh, my Radio. pleasure. Thank you so,
1: for, no, thanks for setting it all up. Sure. I appreciate, uh, you know, there's always that hope that uh, there's a new listener, somebody who's not aware of things, and yep. uh, being invited to the party.
0: <laughs> That's what I hope to do. Hopefully I can get a whole bunch of new ones for you. Because, man, I'm telling you, this is, uh, this is something that an entire generation needs to be aware of. Uh, which is the beauty of the internet and music, you know, which is great. But again, we got yeah. the, um, we've we got the Licorice Quartet Threesome, Volume 1, the EP is available, um, and then three of Roger's uh, re-releases of his solo records. We've got Glamping, we've got The Land of Pure Imagination, the Deluxe Edition, and Catnip Dynamite. So... Um, Pick a song, and uh, we can we can we can go out with that. But again, my thanks uh, to you for uh, for being able to speak with us here. Um, really, like I said, I've been a fan for a very long time. Uh, all your work, you know, everything from from Jellyfish to the latest to uh, Imperial Drag, the Moog Cookbook, all the everything you've done, and uh, I, I I love what you do, and uh, cannot wait to uh, to hear not only more of it but also live too. So, um, thank you. Yeah, again, you got a fan right here. So um, tell me another song and we can play it for you, and uh, if so, why? Um, I, I'd like to oh, – yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I was just going to suggest a song, The Quickening, off of Catnip Dynamite. Oh, yeah. Uh, the lyric is particularly relevant today, even though I wrote it in 07. Um, uh, but if uh, you had a chance to go deep with the lyric, uh, it's uh, unfortunately a, a bit prophetic. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's it's interesting how, how the whole COVID thing has has taken a lot of songs and make them making them uh, very real. You know, it's kind of like when you break up with a girlfriend, all of a sudden all those love songs make sense, right? You know that you've been hearing exactly. on the radio for years. So again, the quickening. Tell us a little bit about the lyrical content on that. Um, why it would make so much sense? Like something in particular.
1: Well, the title is all about just time speeding up and. Um, um, all of the, you know, cosmic events that kind of uh, funnel into one, that coalesce into one instant moment of uh, of change, and you know, change is perpetual in on the earthly plane here, but uh, it gets uh, magnified at different times through human history, and even even when there weren't any humans. Uh, so um, yeah, I think you know a lot of people. Uh, it's hard for them to articulate what they're feeling and how come when they look at the clock, it always says 1111 or 555 or 444 yeah. um, And so I have some fun playing with those concepts in this song.
0: That's interesting. Well, let's go check it out. Again, uh, this is from Catnip Dynamite, which originally came out in 2008. And yes. uh, has been re-released here, and uh, did, did you do a lot of remixing on or anything like this? Uh, anything pumped up on on any of the uh, the re-releases, or is it pretty much uh, you know what they were before, but just making them complete with extra songs or whatever?
1: Yeah, the latter. Okay. Yeah, there, I, I, I'm a complete fan of John Paterno's mixes on these records. There was no need to remix or remaster.
0: I agree. Great. Well, again, Roger, thanks for uh, speaking with us, and I hope to I hope to see you again sometime soon.
1: I appreciate the time uh,
0: with your audience, and thank you very much. You got it. Hang on the line just for a moment. And again, this is uh, Junk Band, Junk Band Radio, and Roger Joseph Manning, Jr. Again, let's check out The Quickening.
2: You're listening to Junkman Radio Radio When I think back to my days as a child I still
0: Young Man Radio. Radio. Junk Man Radio. That's right, guys. That, uh, again, is uh, from the re-release Catnip Dynamite from Roger Joseph Manning Jr. And uh, my thanks to Roger for talking to us here on Junk man Radio. Hope you enjoyed that as well as the music. As far as I'm concerned, how can you not, man? It's awesome. But, again, check out uh, Roger at RogerJosephManningJrOfficial.com, as well as Facebook Roger Joseph Manning Jr., Twitter, Roger Joseph Manning Jr., (laughs) and Instagram at Roger Joseph Manning Jr. Got that? All right. You remember his name now.